see are there how many all right it's quite a lot of you well i'm glad that you are here um, my name is dion hockey from healing ministries international you can follow us on our facebook you just type in dion hockey and uh, like our page and follow us you can also get us on uh, youtube and instagram and all the all the social media platforms if you want to follow us on youtube you can just type in hmi tv and uh, you can follow us in that area um, and uh, see the work that we are doing but uh, bless god thank you uh, pastor james for having us back again uh, five years almost five years since we've been uh, here with you and uh, it's been uh, it's been a roller coaster ride hasn't it in these last couple of years that have gone by our country only last year in march if i'm right Shemaine, had uh, stopped the lockdown in our country so we were uh, under lockdown for three solid years uh, in our country that we were not allowed to do anything um, but that didn't stop us from continuing to preach the word <laughs> hallelujah well thanks for all that happy faces i see out there um you know jesus broke every law that there was to be broken and so uh, you know i'm not gonna let the government tell me what to do well thanks for the amen for that you know the government says you're not allowed to you know have church you're not allowed to uh, do this or do do that but um you know when i read the bible and i see jesus um you know if you touch somebody who was a leper that was seen as very unclean come on who here is i'm saying and uh, jesus uh, he he prayed for people on the sabbath he laid hands on the lepers i mean he did everything that the law prohibited him to do but he didn't care he went straight out and he ministered yeah. amen and uh, this is what we are to be we are christians amen who agrees we are followers of jesus so uh, bless the lord we've had an awesome time uh, when lockdown came you know as a ministry we were normally booked up a year ahead of time and just suddenly like that and for all the other people as well uh, we lost a whole year of work and we said okay what are we going to do and um, thank goodness that we had facebook and from day one of lockdown we went on to the internet and we started praying and preaching and uh, i worked a lot harder in the first year of lockdown than i did when i was on the road i did 500 services just on the first year of uh, meetings and then we went into the second year and we averaged around about 400 meetings then the third year i said hang on that's a, li a little bit too much and so uh, we we got it down to over 300 meetings and now we are averaging 10 services a week that we are still having right now at this point of time and so i don't know about you but i'm hungry for revival i'm hungry for god i'm hungry for church and if you agree with me you can say mm-hmm or amen but you guys sound very quiet uh, here in in gladstone um Shaman and i have now been celebrating our 33rd year of having 300 meetings every year for 33 years who still wants revival praise the lord um some people just you know i always say this pastor james knows me he wouldn't get me if he didn't know me <laughs> Uh, but the fact of the matter is that if you cannot handle, you know, a, a week of having church, pray you don't go to heaven. Because uh, you'll be in, in church for eternity. You're not going to go home and watch a footy game and, you know, watch some cricket, drink a beer, go to the pub. And, you know, we're going to be in the presence of Almighty God 24-7 forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Come on. And as a Christian, if that makes you panicky, you're not saved. 
because you need to get saved. Hallelujah. There's no place. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Who would agree? I was glad. I, was, I looked forward to going to church. If you don't look forward to going to church, and you know, some people already drive to church like this. I hope they're not going to take long. I hope they're not. Well, friend, something is wrong. Amen. Then he's not your father. Then he's just an acquaintance or something. God's my father. I look forward to spending time with my father. Can I have an amen if you agree? So we've experienced a lot of things. Even in this year, we started traveling again last year in April. And in, in our country, we traveled all around. And our country is in a revival. There is massive things happening um, in our country. Our churches are uh, just expanding and growing. We have witnessed um, so many thousands of people give their hearts to the Lord. And I, I, I'm sharing, is it okay if I just share a little bit of background? Because a lot of you um, have a, has known us for, for many years. And my goal to reach one million salvations, that's always been our goal now. We are almost at 900,000 salvations. So uh, I believe that by the end of next year, we're going to reach our one million mark. Hallelujah. Who will agree with me? Come on. Are you excited about that? See, one million souls get saved. What is your goal for salvations this year? How many souls do you want to see come into the kingdom of God? Quickly look at your neighbor and say, what's your vision for souls this year? Don't ignore me. Come on. What's your vision? What's your vision to see souls come in this year? We've had, um, you know, Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you agree? Jesus still heals and he still does miracles, signs, and wonders. We have witnessed the, uh, uh, the outpouring of God's spirit uh, in the healing. I've done this for 34 years. You know, we've seen the healing power of the Lord. But just uh, in, in the last uh, year and a half, we've seen creative miracles take place. Where I prayed for people who don't have eardrums and God has created eardrums. We have seen cancers being healed, tumors disappearing. Uh, uh, just um, in this year, there was a lady who had a big uh, cancerous growth in her stomach. Um, she had cancer in the colon, and uh, they, the, she, in a womb, sorry, in a womb, thank you. And uh, when I prayed for her, the, the cancer was the size of a small soccer ball. And when I prayed, that thing instantly, I mean instantly disappeared, and she was uh, healed at that point. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in healings? And somebody said, those are nice testimonies. Well, just, you know, it doesn't stop there. Last week, just last week, we've come from Sydney right now. I was in Plumpton, Sydney. And uh, they brought a woman in two nights ago. And she was almost at the point of death. Now, she had the issue of blood, like the lady in the Bible. Um, she had the flow of blood for, for uh, almost three months. And she had no more life in her, no more power in her. They carried her in. And we prayed for her. The power of the Lord came upon her. She was instantaneously healed. She came back the next night. The bleeding had stopped completely. And the life had entered back into her. She was jumping and dancing in front uh, as we worshiped the Lord. Would you give God praise for what he has done? Hallelujah. Do you believe in the supernatural power of God? Amen. Who's hungry for the supernatural power of God? 
We saw a man that was uh, a man that was uh, born without eardrums. We prayed the Lord did a creative miracle by putting in eardrums. And I'm sharing this because the Bible said they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And when we share testimony, it, it creates faith, hopefully, in some people. And other people are skeptic and doubtful. But I tell you what, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God has never changed. Give him praise if you agree. Come on. He is worthy uh, of our praise. And I can go on and on and on about what God has done. But the question I have this morning is to ask you, what new testimony do you carry? What fresh testimony do you have to share of what God has done for you and through you? Do you have a testimony? Because if you don't have a fresh testimony, you need to put a question mark behind it and say, why don't I have a testimony? We need testimonies. Would you agree? Because when we give testimony, guess what we do? We bring glory unto the Father. It's not that we are bragging what we can do. We are bragging on what he can do and what he has done. Come on, give him another praise offering if you agree. It's all about Jesus. It's not about a man. It's not about a church. It's about Jesus. And one day we will stand before the Lord and we will, we will give um, a, a, a accountability of what we had done for him here on the earth. I am hungry for revival more than ever before. I said, I'm hungry for revival. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I want to see uh, what God wants to do. And I want to go to places where we are celebrated and not tolerated. You know, I want to go to a place where people are seeking the Lord. And I hope, um, as this is our home church here in, in Australia, you know that you are my home church. And, we, and some people didn't even know that. But anyway, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad to come back to the home church. And this is where we had our first meetings when I came to Australia 12 years ago, 12 years ago. And we saw the Lord move powerfully. And uh, I just want to share with you because I love you so much and I love Pastor James, Pastor Michelle for, uh, and the family for all the wonderful things that you have helped us to do. And so many thousands have come through the Lord because of your graciousness to help us to get into not just Australia, but also in other countries. And, and I want to honor you for that and say thank you. Hallelujah. Many, 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 many souls have come in. So anyway, um, just a little bit of background on the things that God has done through us. I want you to open your Bible this morning. And um, this morning, I, because of two services, I have an A and a B part. So I don't know. Let's see how far I come uh, in the first session, and then I'll continue on the second session. But I want to speak to you um, this morning on uh, seven strategies or seven things that is needed to advance the kingdom of God. If you want to be a kingdom builder, a kingdom advancer, there are seven things that you and I need to apply in our lives. And so I hope that you'll stay for the second session to hear the fullness of this message. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 32. If you have your Bible, I'm reading in the New King James Version. This is the Bible I use, translation. Before we read, Father, thank you this morning for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, that when we read the word and we, we minister the word, that the Holy Spirit comes and he brings revelation and he brings um, uh, understanding to that word. So I pray this morning, open up our eyes, Father God, that we may see the truth of your word. 
and that we may grow in you, Father, in Jesus' name. This morning, Lord, we rebuke Satan. We come against every lie, every assignment, and every plan that he has to steal this word that is about to be preached, Father. I thank you, Lord. You said that when the sower sowed the seed, that some seed fell on good soil. I pray this morning it will be good soil and that it will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. May revival uh, continue to flow, continue to break out, even here in Port Shepston, Father. Thank you for the great work that has been done here, the church that has been built, Father, and the growth that has taken place. We honor you, but Lord, we're not happy. We want more. We want to see more people turn from uh, the, world, the world and the sin of the world, and we want them to turn to you, Father, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, minister to your people. May people be um, touched, and may they go out and minister this word, Father. For you said in Matthew 9, verse 35, you said, For the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to thrust out, send out laborers into the harvest field. And I ask that this is what will happen in these next few sessions, Lord, tonight, tomorrow night, that there will be people sent out, equipped to go, Lord, and make the devil mad and Jesus glad to see revival break out in the name of Jesus, I pray. If you agree with me, say amen. Who wants to be used by the Lord? Raise your hand. All righty. In Luke chapter 12, verse 32, it says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. You should get excited right there. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, some of people would say, well, this is only meant for the 12 disciples in the Bible time. No, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, I want to tell each and every one of you sitting here this morning, it is God's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. And some people just don't understand it or they can't grasp that. Let's look at the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, so do not be afraid, little flock. Somebody say, do not be afraid. Say this, say, do not fear. All right. He says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Man, that's good news. It's like, it's like God is sitting here this morning and he's saying, Dion, preach the word because I want to give my people my kingdom. I want them to understand that it's not about a man or a group or some individual, but I want everybody to receive my kingdom this morning. Amen. Are you with me? Don't fear. This is the first thing that Jesus comes and he says, do not fear for God has not left us as orphans, but he has given us his Holy Spirit and he has given us authority that in his absence we may rule and reign as kings here on the earth. Who's glad for the Holy Ghost? Come on, who's happy that God gave us his Holy Spirit? So turn to your neighbor and say, don't fear. Come on, tell your neighbor, don't fear, don't panic for it is God's good pleasure. 
You know, I looked up that word good pleasure in the Bible. And, the, and when you look at the, the Hebrew word the pleasure, it means eudokio. And, it, and, and this is the explanation like the Strong's gives us and breaks this word pleasure open. So listen to the explanation. Um, he says, it seemed good to, to God to give us his kingdom. It's one's good pleasure. It's God's good pleasure. God thought it good to give us the, the kingdom. He chose and he determined to give us his kingdom. Oh, yeah. It's like God couldn't wait to bless us. God couldn't wait for you as a sinner to get born again so that he can actually come now and invest his kingdom into your life. Thank the Lord. I was a full-on alcoholic, dragging two bottles of brandy a day. I grew up in the streets of Johannesburg, and I was a gangster. I stabbed people with knives. I fought with my fists, and the Lord decided one day, this man, I need him for my kingdom because I'm going to use him. And guess what? God saved me. Bless the Lord. God delivered me from alcoholism. God delivered me from all the bondage and the stuff that I was in. And here I am today, 34 years later, and I've almost, almost led 900,000 people to the Lord. And I've seen countless miracles, countless miracles and, and wonders and signs. Why? Because God chose to give me his kingdom. And when I got born again, I happily received his kingdom and I happily received his authority. And I started moving with what he had for me and what what he has for you. Come on. He has something powerful for you. If you believe that, give him a clap offering and say, thank you, Lord. You have something powerful for me. Are you hearing me? It's his good pleasure. God takes joy in giving us his kingdom. And yet I see so many thousands of Christians who say, no, thank you. I don't want this. No, thank you. I'm not interested. Just pray for me that I can get to have the benefits of heaven. I can have the benefits of the kingdom, meaning that I can go to heaven one day when I die because I don't want to spend eternity in hell. So I'll receive Jesus, but the rest of that you can keep for yourself. And how sad that is. Because the Bible says he gave talents to people. You know, when you, when you, get, when you become born again, God gives talents to people. Gives, he gave five to one, uh, 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 three to the other, or two to the other, and, and just one talent. And the one who had the five talents went and he began to work with it. Amen? We find so many people in church today, they receive the gift of salvation, but then God wants to give them the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says, desire spiritual gifts. He, he says, desire that you may prophesy, desire to go after God. And people say, no, you know, I'll just keep the gift of salvation and I'll hold it and bury that and just hope one day when I die, I'll get in, in, into heaven. No, my friend, God takes pleasure in giving you his kingdom. Who understands that? You know, um, in, uh, in the Brownsville Revival, they sang a song. I think it was uh, also out of the England Revival a couple of years ago. They sang a song called A History Maker. I want to be a history maker. Who knows that song? Have you ever heard that? And, uh, you know, when I sang that song many years ago, I thought to myself, will I ever be a history maker for the Lord? And I can tell you now, 34 years later, I am making history for God. And are you making history for God and for his kingdom? Yeah. 
Come on, who receives what I'm teaching this morning? Because the church in lockdown and uh, even before, but even now afterwards, so many people have become so complacent. They are just happy with where they're at. Don't move me, don't shake me, don't rock my boat, and definitely don't tell me what to do. And God comes and he says, I don't want to tell you what to do. I'm waiting for you to do something that I can bless you because I want to take you from glory to glory to glory. Who's hungry for that? The kingdom. I looked up this word kingdom and kingdom in the, in the Hebrew is the word basileia. Basileia. It means royal, uh, royal power, kingship, dominion to rule. We shouldn't be confused with God's kingdom uh, as a worldly kingdom. Everybody knows that it's all about a spiritual kingdom. Would you agree? And that we need to understand that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we are here, it's God's pleasure to give us the kingdom, to rule. Jesus ruled, rules in heaven, but Jesus also rules on the earth. And when Jesus went to the cross and he died on that cross, the Bible is very clear that he took away the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took away the authority of Satan and he rules as king. Would you agree? He rules over sickness. He rules over disease. He rules over bondage and slavery and the list goes on. But now God went up to heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit down to be with us. And he says, I'm giving you the authority. I'm giving you that power. I'm giving you that ability to continue to rule and reign as kings on this earth today. I'm not giving it to a one or to a two. I'm giving it to all those who would believe. If you choose to follow me, I will give you that authority and you can do the works of Jesus on this earth hallelujah God wants you to stand up out of your complacency God wants you to stand up out of your slumber and your sleep and he says there's too many people in Australia that are going to go to hell they need to hear the gospel they need to see the power of God amen oh yeah when I landed in Sydney uh, two weeks ago, and this is going to maybe offend somebody, but I don't care. When I landed then, I just saw all these, uh, uh, I, you know, we stepped right into the gay uh, month of, uh, of Australia. And I just saw all these gay flags, and I saw all these people, you know, parading up and down. And I'm thinking to myself, Lord God Almighty, how people are lost. How, Father, they are blinded by Satan. Can I get an mm-hmm at least? How Satan is, is lying to them and, and he's got them shackled. He's got them bound. He's got them blinded. And he's just with a big smile dragging them to hell. And some people will take offense at that. But I'm telling you, there is a hell and people will go to hell. And you and I have the authority given by God to preach the word, bring deliverance, to bring salvation, to set the captives free. This is the God that... That I serve and this is what he wants to do through you and I. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for you to get radical for Jesus again. Come on, your neighbor doesn't want to hear that, but it's time to get radical for Jesus. It's time that we rule and reign as kings and priests on this earth. You're not a little wimp. You're not some little, you know, uh, oh, goodness, I got saved and thank goodness I'm going to make it to heaven. God has, has saved you for a purpose and a reason that you will rise up as a king and as a priest. Number one, that you'll, that you'll be a priest unto the Lord and that you'll serve him because everything we do is about a personal relationship with God. Would you agree? 
everything we do. If you don't have a personal relationship with God at home, then it's not going to work for you. That's why you won't understand the authority God has given us. Because in the time of intimacy and in the time of speaking to the Lord and in the time of spending uh, time in the Word, He downloads revelation. He downloads the Word, the authority, the power. Come on. And now we can go out and we can then live as kings on this earth. Take authority over the devil and over his kingdom. But some people are just bowing their knee to Satan over and over and over. And they don't even know that they have the authority to walk as a king on this earth. Do you believe what I'm saying? Revelation 1 verse 6 tells us, He has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, and to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. The day you become born again, God promotes you from a nobody and he makes you a somebody. And you are automatically in a place of kingship and in a place of priesthood. You are a king and you are a priest. Whether you are 12 years old and you gave your heart to Jesus, at the age of 12, God has promoted you as a king and a priest. Whether you are 75 years old and you gave your heart to the Lord, you are promoted as a king and a priest. The kingdom of God is the only place that I know of where age doesn't matter for God because it's not about your physical, it's about your spiritual understanding of who and what you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. My children started casting devils out when they were five years old. My children were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues when they were five years old. And they did what daddy did. And when daddy was casting out demons, people took their, their Bibles and ran out the church. They were so afraid. But my kids would lie down in front like this and watch daddy cast out demons. And as I was casting them out, I said, boys, you can do the same thing. And guess what? The moment... Uh, they got into, like my one uh, niece, she was a young little uh, baby and she was crying all the time. And I'll never forget Michael when he came there, five years old, he put his hand on her and said, you devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Next month, Wang! baby was healed. Bless the Lord. Come on. That's the God that I serve, that God can use anybody who's hungry and thirsty to be used of him. Amen. Do you know that even from the Old Testament times that God has ordained for us as people to rule and reign on, on the earth as kings and priests? Watch this, Daniel chapter 7 verse 18. Daniel chapter 7 verse 18. I want to show you this. It says, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Oh, give him praise for that. Hallelujah. The saints shall receive the kingdom. And it won't just be in that time when he said it, but it will be forever and forever and ever. So God hasn't changed his way. He still wants you and I to rule as kings and priests on the earth. Watch verse 27. He says this. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom's under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Are you understanding this? From the beginning, God ordained for us, his people, 
to not be like the world, not to follow after the things of the enemy, but that we would be like God and that we will be kings unto him, priests unto him, that we will follow him and do what he has told us to do. We will be partakers of his glory here on earth. We will be partakers. Jesus teaches us, and it is very uh, important lesson I want to share with you today because the message is entitled Seven Ways of Expanding the Kingdom of God and to see growth come, not just in the physical church, but in our own lives as well. So here's Jesus comes and he teaches a very important lesson. It says in Luke chapter 22, verse 24 onwards, are you okay? Are you awake? Verse 24 says, Now there was also a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. Yes, Jesus teaching us. Jesus says to his disciples, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. So in the eyes of the world, if you get into a very high position, now you have the ability to take control of those who are under you. Who understands what I'm saying? You're told what you are to do, and, and they, they are called benefactors. Verse 26, but Jesus comes and he says, not so among you, not so in the kingdom of God. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. Turn to your neighbor quickly and say that Jesus is speaking now. Come on. Jesus is speaking. So I'm going to read this again. He says, for who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet, says Jesus, I am among you as the one who serves but you are those who have continued with me in my trial in my trials and i bestow upon you a kingdom listen to what the lord says i bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed upon uh, one upon me that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of israel so here we find that the lord is teaching us and I think the very first key that we have to understand to begin to advance the kingdom of heaven is to learn to become servants in the house of God. Jesus, who is God, do you believe Jesus is God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus is God. Jesus spoke the heavens into existence. And God uses the earth as his footstool. God holds the universe in the palm of his hand and he's still watching the universe grow. I don't know if anybody, I got such a revelation on that. The Bible says when he spoke his word, he said, let there be light and the light went out. And the Bible says God's word will never return void. It will always accomplish what it's sent out to do. So when God said so many years back, let there be light, even now his word is still going. 
They will never, ever, ever, ever find the end of the universe. Come on, somebody. They'll never find it. Planets, stars, and, and everything is just going to go. We, we scientists find black holes and whatever, and they think that's, that's something. Let me tell you, the universe is just going to continue to go and to go and to go. And our God is so big that he's holding the universe in his hand. And he's watching the universe grow in his hand. Then you and I want to come and tell him what he may and may not do. <laughs> Would you agree? Who are we to try and tell God? And he's so big. And this massive God, if I can understand the greatness of God. There's this Marvel movie that's out. And, and I suppose a lot of the young people know what I'm talking about. But there's this, uh, this, this strong being up there in the stars and he's so powerful you know and he thinks that he he can ha do everything to the people on the earth but I want to tell you he's he's a Mickey Mouse compared to our God would you agree God is all powerful God is almighty God is all present give him praise if you agree he's a magnificent powerful God now, I don't know about you. I'm sharing this and I'm trying to drive something home that this big God who, who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, would you agree he is so great and he gives us his authority. He gives us his name. He gives us his power. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And there are people who say, eh, that's not for me. Man, if I knew, if we got a revelation of all the power that we actually have in the name of Jesus and because of the Holy Ghost, I tell you, there is nothing, nothing, nothing that Satan can do to stop us from moving forward for his kingdom. The devil is a little wimp. He's a little Mickey Mouse something, you know. And yet people bow their knee more to the devil than they bow their knee to Jesus. Don't you know and say he's speaking to you, not to me this morning. I was casting out demons, and listen, uh, we cast out demons every week. There's not a week goes by that I don't cast out demons. And I tell you what, we were casting out demons, and there were people running out. Just last week again, people running away, so afraid. And some people say, oh, Brother Dion, we mustn't bother. We, you know, I heard a pastor preach this one day from the pulpit, and he said this. He said, you mustn't, mustn't um, get involved with these demon kind of things. You know, this is, this is a very serious matter. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, oh, oh it's going to sound bad. Just, I'm just thinking, you know, what a clown. How, how, can you, how can you tell your people not to mingle with the things of the devil and stay away from that, you know, because the devil's so big. That pastor obviously hasn't had a revelation of who is in us. You know, greater is the one that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is the, the name of Jesus that has been given to us. That we have that authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions. That God has given us all power over the work of the enemy. Would you agree? People afraid of demons. Oh, Pastor Dion spoke about demons. Well, I don't know. if he, I'm not coming back tonight. Maybe I've got one and he's going to cast it out of me. So I'm just going to hold my little demon and say, oh, little demon, stay with me. <laughs> don't preach on sin and don't preach on alcohol and don't preach about sex before marriage because of my demon. I like my demon. Now, I told you, you're gonna, something's going to happen this weekend. Who agrees? It's time for us to rise up again. Come on, ch children of God. It's time for the army to get up out of the ashes. Listen, 
Here's a revelation some people didn't know. It's taken Jesus almost 2,000 years to try and get the church full. It took Satan one day to empty the churches in the world. One day. And everybody just bowed their knee to the devil. Boom. So what, what happened to the power of the name of Jesus? And, and what happened to, you know, our God is great. Is anybody hearing me? If I had to come to you and tell you there's a free footy game, you can go and watch footy, you know, and uh, there'll be a free meal for you and everything. You just watch how people go and they'll sit in the sun for, tw for two hours and they'll enjoy that. But go to church and preach there and, you know, people just cannot handle that. They'll rather bow their knee to the devil. They'll watch a movie that's three hours long, but who sit in church. And they'll, they'll binge movies, and they'll do it right through the weekend for about, you know, 16, 17 hours. But to come to church every night and serve the Lord, that's asking way too much. Anybody with me? It's like, I, you know, that's too much for me, brother. Well, I pray the Holy Ghost whack you in the head and that something will happen with you. Hello, I'm from Africa. This is how we speak. <laughs> the demon. <laughs> if somebody manifests next to you, don't worry, I'll get him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, there are people like me. God made me that way. So Jesus comes and he says, who is the greater one? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not the one who sits at the table? Yet comes Jesus and he says, I am among you as the one who serves. God left this greatness. Think about God who holds the universe in his hand. And he chose to become a man, a human. And he chose to come down to the earth. And he chose to die that horrible death. But before he died that horrible death, think about this. This almighty, great God came down, kneeled before his disciples and washed their feet. Huh? Can you imagine... King Charles bowing down and washing your feet. Come on, I'm just trying to put it in perspective. Can you imagine the Queen of England bowing down and washing your feet? Can you imagine the Prime Minister of Australia coming here and say, hey, guys, hey, I just, you know, let me wash your feet quickly. Come on, you're getting the point I'm trying to make. Who, who, who's going to do that? There's not one man in such high authority in the world, in the eyes of the world, that will do that and wash people's feet. Yet our Jesus Christ, he came and he taught us, this is what I have come to do. I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. And most Christians come on a Sunday morning and say, feed me, pastor, serve me, pastor, give me something, pastor, that I can be happy for the week. And if you preached, okay, I'll come back next week but they won't serve I'm talking about advancing the kingdom of God who wants to see God's kingdom advance who wants to see souls saved somebody say with me eternity I'll say it out loud have you got a revelation of that word yet think about this the word eternity eternity means forever right there's no end to the word eternity. Well, let me tell you this, and some people are going to get really mad at me again, but I don't care. Because there is something called heaven and there's something called hell. 
Hell is eternity. A place where you'll burn in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Worms will be eating at your flesh and you'll be suffering forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you'll never, ever, 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 ever get out of hell if you go down there. And Jesus taught more about hell than he did about heaven because Jesus knew heaven is a place of joy and peace and glory and, and love and all of that stuff which everybody should desire and want. But he spoke about hell because he said, I want you to spend eternity with me and I don't want you to suffer in hell, but the place that I prepared for Satan and his demons, but because of people who are, who are not willing to listen, people are not willing to surrender, people are not willing to give over to God, well, they're going to go there because of their decision obedience would everybody agree so you and I now receive the light we got revelation we got born again we got saved and now God is saying to you I want you Christian to stand up and tell people out there that there is a place called hell for eternity they'll burn forever and ever and you need to get the boldness and the courage to say wake up receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior there's no Savior other than Jesus Christ come on Buddha can't save you Hare Krishna can't save you Muhammad cannot save you. Allah cannot save you. Help me. Do you agree? Mother Mary cannot save you. But there's one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you need to call on Jesus as your Savior. But we keep this gospel for ourselves and, and you know, say, woo, I made them. That's wonderful. Let's go to church and let passages feed me a little bit more, you know. No. God wants you to take the authority he's given you. He wants you to stand up and become active in his kingdom. Thank you, Pastor. Turn to your neighbor and say the time of playing games is over. Listen, how many of you believe that Jesus Christ is coming again? How many of you believe in the rapture? Just a couple of hands. Who believes in the rapture? If you don't believe in the rapture, well, surprise. He's coming. I said he's going to come. And he's going to come for those who are awake and those who are alert and ready. The Bible speaks about the ten virgins in the Bible. Do you remember those ten? Some were wise and some were foolish. In actual fact, it's a 50-50. Five were wise and five were foolish. And if you can read in Matthew chapter 25, I preached this on Friday night, but I just want to remind you that when the bridegroom slumbered and uh, when the bridegroom was delayed and didn't come, the Bible says that the people slumbered and slept. Don't you agree with me that the church is in a place of complacency where people are sleeping, dreaming, daydreaming, you know, standing with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. They want both sides. They, they, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, get too involved in church. Because if I get too involved in church, the world's going to call me names. The world is going to say you're a radical, you're a fanatical, you're taking this Jesus thing too far. Come on now. So many Pharisees sitting in the church today. You know we have modern day Pharisees in the church. And Nicodemus, who saw the power of God, he went to Jesus by night. Do you know why he went to Jesus by night? Because he was afraid of association. 
Oh, we'll pop up out of our little, you know, our little holes on a Sunday morning. We'll come to church because this is the religious right thing to do. But do you pop out of your hole on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? Do the people know where you're going or what you're doing, who you are? Do people recognize that you are a Christian? I said this before, Pastor, and I'll say it again. They, I, you can put a, a Christian here and you can put a, a, a sinner here, and I don't see the difference between the two. <laughs> don't see the difference. In actual fact, some churches become more rave parties than the world has a rave party. Well, thanks for all those amens. <laughs> Something's wrong. We, we're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We don't look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, and become like the world. We're supposed to walk and talk and be like Jesus, move like Jesus, do the things that Jesus did. And some people say, well, that again, you know, that's too much for me. No, my friend, this is who you are. You don't take on the culture of Australia. You don't have the culture of a South African. You have the Jesus culture. And we as born-again Christians are to be like Jesus. We are followers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You don't have any um, uh, uh, thinking of your own. The only thinking you have is what the Bible says about it. Who would agree with that? Somebody said, but that's too hard for me. Well, hello, Jesus paid a very hard price. And if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to surrender all. And when you surrender all, that's when the kingdom of God is activated in you. That's when the things begin to happen with you. Instead of getting mad because somebody shares a testimony of what they've done for the Lord, rather get busy in the things of God and get your own testimony so that you don't have to feel, you know, well, what am I doing? You can say, I am doing something for God. I am leading people to Jesus. I am seeing you maybe might not do it in the scale I'm doing it, but yet we all have a mandate from God. Go. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Amen. Are you kind of enjoying this? Do you know the devil's not happy that Dion Hockey is back in Gladstone? I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Thanks, Lord. I'm going to ask you not to walk out right now or leave. If you've seen me now for the first time, you might be a little bit blown out of the water and say, my goodness, who's this guy? Well, I have a... a an important question to ask you this morning. <clears throat> Are you a kingdom advancer? Are you a history maker? Are you a soul winner? Have you brought change? There where you live? In your workplace? In the marketplace? What have you been doing for God? In this time. Are you a church goer this morning? Or are you a Christian? Who serves the Lord? Not ashamed of the gospel. Flows in the power. Have you backslidden and grown cold? Is your prayer life a shambles? Do you pray? When last did you pray an hour? You, on your own, when last did you spend an hour with the Lord in prayer? 
My friend, I'm asking you a very serious question this morning because I think we need to understand the game of church is over. There's a seriousness. Jesus can come any minute, any minute. He can come even now while I'm preaching. Will you make it? Will you make it in the rapture? Are you sure that your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you born again? Have you lost your first love? Have you backslidden? Have you grown cold in your relationship? Did you get offended at my preaching this morning? Because if you got offended at my preaching this morning, it tells me you didn't die to self yet. Did I offend you because I asked you some difficult questions and the reality hit you between the eyes and you discovered, oh my goodness, I'm not where I am supposed to be. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. The good news is the Lord brought me here this morning to create an opportunity for repentance. That you can say, Lord, I'm so sorry I made a mistake. I'm sorry, Lord, I'm not in the place where I should be. But I want you, God, to forgive me and to help me. If you had to die, would you go to heaven or hell? If you say to me, I don't even know if I died, if I'll go to heaven. I thought I'd go to heaven, but now I'm not sure. Well, you can have the assurance of your salvation this morning. You can know that you know that if you died, you'll go to Jesus. But God is knocking at your door this morning. I'm telling you, friend. He's standing at your door. You can maybe think I'm preaching to somebody else. But if you think somebody else needs to hear what I was preaching, you need to hear it too. Dion, would you pray for me? Please, brother, pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I heard you preach this morning and... You know what, I, I've, I've discovered, I've grown cold, I've backslidden, I'm not in the place where I should be. Please, Dion, pray for me. I want to invite the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into my life. I want to repent. I want to go hard after Jesus. Nobody looking except me. If you want me to pray for you today to make right with Jesus... At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Now, you need to understand, when I ask you to raise your hand, there's going to be resistance from the enemy. He's going to tell you, don't lift your hand. You, you're okay. You're fine. But you know where you are before the Lord. Jesus is standing here this morning, Revelation 3.20. He says, and see, I stand at your door and I knock. I want you to open up. Say, Dion, please, you've got to pray for me this morning. I've got, got to make right with Jesus. If that's you and you would love for me to pray for you, if your heart is pounding in your chest and you even feel that your hand palms are sweating and actually you feel like you want to run out of this church, you are the one God is speaking to right now. This is your opportunity, friend, to make right with Jesus. So at the count of three, if you would love for me to pray for you, I want you to raise your hand. And I will pray with you with gladness this morning. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands are going up everywhere. Now, those of you who raise your hands, I want you to be very bold. Please listen to me. I want you to be very bold and very brave. Because you're doing it not for me, but for Jesus. And it's your own personal relationship with the Lord. So if you raise your hands, I want you to be bold now. Stand to your feet. Everybody who raise your hands. Come on, I double dare you. Stand. Take a stand for Jesus. Don't be shy. Don't be ashamed of the decision you're making. Stand for Him. Those of you that are standing, 
Step number three, thank you. It's very bold. God bless you. I'm happy that you did this. But now, if you mean business, this is like, this is like the nail in the coffin. You say, I mean business this morning. I want you to step out of your pews and join me down here at the altar. And I can pray with you that you can make right with the Lord today. Come on down. Come on down. This is the Lord calling you. Come on down. Come on down. You can come right up to the platform, guys. Thank you. Just come right up front. Who's glad to see something happening this morning? Let's give God a clap offering. Thank you, Lord. Come on down. Come on down. It might seem a hard word, but it's really not a hard word. I was just reading the scriptures, speaking a little bit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction and He does it in love. He's calling you now. This is it. Here you stand before Him. I want to ask the rest of the church that is sitting down. You who know me by now know what's going to come up. I want you to ask your neighbor who's sitting next to you. Look at them straight in the eye. Don't laugh. But ask them, are you sure your life is right? If you, if you want to go down to the front and you're scared to go down to the front, I'll take you by the hand and I'll walk with you. But don't miss this opportunity. And I want to say this real quickly. Somebody might be sitting in the pew then. You'd say, why? Why do you want me to stand up and go down to the front? Well, Matthew chapter 10 verse 32, Jesus speaks and he says, if you will confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. See, when I walk forward like this, I'm showing, number one, God, number two, the devil, number three, the people who are around me. I'm showing them the decision I'm making for God. It's not a game. This is serious business. But he says in verse 33, if I will deny Jesus before men, he will deny me before the Father who is in heaven. So audience in the back now, guys sitting, please, with all earnestness, would you turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you sure, neighbor, your life is right? Come on, evangelize quickly. Oh, you're ignoring me. Come on, ask your neighbor, are you right? Are you sure you are right with the Lord? Maybe there's somebody who wants to come down, but they're just scared. You know, they, just, they can come on down. God bless you, young man. There's another one coming. Hallelujah. I'm believing God for big salvations this week. Who's going to agree with me? We'll see more salvations. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Who's believing with me for salvations? This is why we're here. We want to see salvations, people coming in. There's another one coming. God bless you, young lady. That's awesome. Let's give God praise. People are coming down. Hallelujah. You know that the whole heaven rejoices over one soul that comes in? That Jesus is jumping up and down, twirling around right now in heaven because of one person, one sinner. Look at this, what God is doing. People rededicating, understand it's rededication, but still people are making a decision for Jesus. Revival will come. There's another one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The rest of you stand to your feet if you would, please. You guys up front holding your hands out in front of you. Everybody holding their hands in front of you. 
I want you to pray this prayer with me. With you, all of your front and audience in the back, everybody say with me, Heavenly Father. Say it out loud, Heavenly Father. I stand before you tonight, uh, this morning, sorry. <laughs> I ask you to forgive me all my sins. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I believe as I stand here now, I am washed in the blood. There is no more sin. I've been forgiven. Thank you, God, that I can confess with my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that God raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, once again, right now, by faith, I invite you to come and live in my heart. I receive you now as my Lord, my Savior, my God and my friend. And Jesus, I choose now to make you the Lord of my life. I renounce Satan. I renounce the things of the world. I turn my back on the world. I'm finished with the world. And I will serve you, God, to the best of my ability, with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my being. Thank you, Father. This morning I declare, I am saved. I am born again. And I know that my name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. If I die today, I'll spend eternity with you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God a very big clap offering. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, we're going to take names and do things. All right, I hand it over to you. Remember, I'm going to do the B part. I haven't gotten to the seven steps yet. Okay, brilliant. Hey, this is a, an exciting, you know, people responding to 